just like when you're on the stairmaster hitting your extreme cardio goals and prep like you can get through that you can get through whatever else you're getting through in this timeline so another episode of the real package podcast we are just discussing macros and off season and protein <laughs> and how protein doesn't digest nicely for me if i eat too much my body's like <laughs> i hate you yeah and as i was saying like it just kind of flows right through me like my <clears throat> my protein never dips under 145 ever it's so funny because I'm like probably right now like easily or not easily but around 20 pounds heavier than you and mine can't even be at 145. Oh yeah our <laughs> body types are so different though like I'm yeah. such an ectomorph that like <clears throat> like I need that like I mm-hmm. literally need it or else I'll just like shrivel up and die. <laughs> I'm struggling I'm struggling to get my protein in obviously. Yeah. <sighs> Such a change yeah. from last time we talked how are you doing Allison? Okay, so to listen to the listeners out there, um, I broke my ankle in three places like five days ago. So my life is a tragedy. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. I'm supposed to be getting on a plane to the Olympia today. Um, oh my god! And I'm supposed to be going to watch. And going to an after party with all the Olympians because my friend is friends with them and, you know, meeting them and all of the all of that jazz. But I'm at my parents' house on their lazy boy couch and they've been feeding me, changing me. Um, like I, I can't walk more than 15 feet with crutches. So, yeah. Anyway, safe to say it's hard for me to get my protein in right now. But luckily, my parents are so understanding. <sighs> Yeah. And have been making me protein cereal and protein oats and uh big ass salads with like beef or tuna. And so I'm really grateful for that. But oh man, I feel that situation. <laughs> yeah, that's such a tough blow. Like, as Gabby said earlier, like such a devastating time for you. Yeah. It, I'm like sad. really proud of you though as cheesy as this sounds for like how positive your mindset has been through the whole thing like it's actually been like really inspiring to be honest like you've been so positive and like trying to like yeah dude yeah that has been like so positive like you were in the hospital and you're like guys let's do an episode on this (laughs) in the pod I know I'm in the hospital I'm just sitting here thinking I'm like Allison's not gonna want to talk about bodybuilding because she's gonna be sad no it's like honestly I have the funny I have some funny stories to tell okay like this whole experience has been I don't think I've ever been more devastated in my life to be honest I'm probably gonna cry right now but like it's okay it's okay like going to the Olympia like whatever I've been before I can go again like it sucks I lost a bit of money on the flight like it's fine luckily I had a free place to stay and so it's not like I lost money on the hotel and I can sell the ticket whatever right but when I broke my ankle like the very first thing that like went through my head was like 
fuck, like I just started feeling better with my off season, like a few months ago, like mm-hmm. it, like it's been nine and a half months post-show and it wasn't until about seven months post-show that I started to like feel like myself again. And I've never felt so good. I've never been so strong in the gym. My metabolism is on fire. Like my body is looking better and better each week. And like the moment I broke my ankle, that's all I could think about. And I'm like lying on the ground. First of all, how it happened, like it was just a slanted parking lot. Like it was just a slanted like driveway with solid ice and so when I stepped on it my leg just went out from underneath me and my full weight came down on it and like I heard it snap it's it was as loud as like a gunshot it was so painful so I was just like wailing in pain like lying on the ice for like 35 minutes and like before the ambulance came and like I all I could think about was like my bodybuilding and like that was the that was it hurt but like I was mostly crying because of like just not being able to train and like it's winter and it's depression season and like it just having that taken away from me is so fucking hard you know like it's like that's that was the hardest part and um like in the hospital I'm like asking the nurses like when can I start training again like literally like as my bones are still out of place they're like well let's just focus on today and I was like no you don't understand like I can't like I have to know I have to know when I can train and they're like oh well it's probably going to be three months and I'm like no <laughs> but yeah it probably will be sooner than three months but like they didn't know right like all basically they just said well out of all the bones you could break in your ankle you broke all of them good job <laughs> I know I was so surprised when you said you knew like that you had like you knew it was broken and I'm like well that's usually a sign no There's no like one the moment the moment I fell I like and I heard it I was like yeah that's broken and I mean it hurts like I've never experienced anything like that like the first three days also like the meds weren't the pain meds weren't working so like it just hurt like I was just crying and I just kept clicking the little buzzer for the nurses like every hour being like when can I get more pain meds when can I get more pain meds and uh holy shit it hurts so bad but I just oh it was just so devastating like just bawling my eyes out because of my training like because of you know and I I just sent pictures to my coach the day before and we were like starting up and like he's like I'm so excited for your season I'm like I can't wait to talk to him and hear what he has in store for me and um yeah but do you want to hear the funny part the funniest part yeah I'm like I'm waiting for the funny part my sister couldn't stop laughing so when when they put me asleep before they did the surgery so I had to get full surgery I have like pins and plates and everything in my ankle right now but before they did that they had to just temporarily put it in place so they put me asleep they're like all right we're gonna like sedate you knock you out try and put your bones back in place and put a temporary cast on it so when I woke up from that, they had put me on ketamine oh. and I was so high. I've never, like, I don't do drugs, but I was <laughs> like, I woke up being like, holy shit. Is this what it's like? Like, I can see why people do this. And it was like, so I was like, I had like moments of clarity. Like I've never thought or felt so clear or like, so like, with so much like conviction, like how I felt and like my beliefs and like what I needed to do in my life. Like 
what my life is all about. And I was like, yes, like I'm going to be on the Olympia stage one day. Like I'm a bodybuilder. Like this yeah. is nothing. It's just a setback. And I'm so high. And my parents are just listening to me being like, I'm a bodybuilder. Like I'm so <laughs> high right now. And then I was, and then oh I was God. having these like kaleidoscopic visions of like, almost think like a mandala, but like a kaleidoscope where it's like swirling and it's like coming at me. But like all of the pieces were just bikini glutes, like all the Olympians butts, like just their butts, like the two teardrops. And like the whole thing was a kaleidoscope of like Olympian glutes, like flying and swirling around my head. And I was just like, spent some good fucking ketamine. Yeah. Like you got to just go to the hospital for that stuff, I guess. Oh my God. So anyway, like this stuff isn't like that. That's what I woke up to was just like Olympian bikini teardrop glutes, like swirling around my head and floating around my head. I was just like, I have to make it to the Olympia. And they're like, you're not getting on a plane, sweetie. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You even said you were like, I hope the nurses can clear me to go to Vegas. I'm like, dude, that's in like four days. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I you're, so you must have. Yeah. You know, and that's a, it's a beautiful thing because that that substance has been like trialed and studied for use in like PTSD, lots of like after really traumatic uh, psychotic experiences. So, I mean, it gave you that mental clarity in that moment. Like that's kind of beautiful. It was so funny. Oh my God. So anyway, um, but like right after the surgery, so I get there to the surgery and then the moment it's done, they're like, okay, bye, go home now. And I have to like crawl into the back of my parents' van like lying down on the ground like just in crippling pain and like anyway just the whole first like three or four days was such a mess um I've never been in so much pain or like so much despair like in my life like in terms of just not even knowing how the healing process would go like any I don't know anything so um honestly yeah yeah it made it was like it made the this topic today necessary like the fact yeah. that we are going to be talking about setbacks and what that looks like and how it is to overcome that like it was a necessary switch yeah. of topics because of how devastating yeah that's the only word like really everything all the hopes from our last chat like just completely got shut yeah. down so like we are truly here for you and like so sorry and as much as that high sounded great I hope it did give you clarity and stick with you but like the low is the low is truly low I get that I should just like paint paint a picture of that mandala of kaleidoscopic glute butts and like put it up on my wall you can like sell it (laughs) I'd buy it I would too (laughs) yeah Oh man. I mean, I can't even, I've never been so soul crushingly sad. Like I've had shows canceled before I've had, you know, things that like, Oh gee, I would really like to do that show, but maybe my body's not ready to prep or, um, it's not the right timing or like, I just don't have the money for it right now, but like a setback, like this like an injury I mean I'm not the only one that's experienced anything like this having surgery having cancer having a family member die like anything like obviously there are situations where life is more important than bodybuilding but I guess if we're just looking at it in bodybuilding lens like it's it's so insane to just think that it's out of your hands and that you have nothing 
there's nothing you can do but just put your journey on such a hold that you mm-hmm. just have to wait right so I guess that's kind of why we're talking about this today yeah and I think one of the more like devastating parts about it too is because as bodybuilders we love to be in control so when there is something that comes up that like literally snatches that from us it's it is one of the most difficult things we there are still things we can take control of and we will talk about that but we lose control over so much else yeah have you have you guys ever experienced any setback due to injury I mean I'm obviously Ash like you're in that situation now yeah, no, but I did like even early earlier this year when I pinched like I sprained my neck like four fucking times yeah. just from sleeping. <laughs> like I have the stupid injuries, like like the really idiotic ones. But yeah, that was that was like in a way pretty devastating because it did affect me for months and I did have to get Cairo. And so that might be I, I feel that I've been very fortunate in the years I've been training to not have a lot of injuries, but that was recent and super frustrating too. Yeah. But like Ash, you also had your surgery and that is also another type of setback. Yeah. And I also deal with a really bad back, which I have blown right. out a few times throughout prep as well. Um, and over the years dealing with that back injury too, it's just, it has set me back like with like lifting and stuff like that too. But I, yeah, my surgery, we've talked about this too. That was like a choice of a setback. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't so like devastating or sad, you know, because when I blew out my back, I just remember like bawling my eyes out because same thing else. And like, as soon as I did it, it was the first thing I thought about. I'm like, I'm fucked. Like there goes my prep, there goes my show. There goes like all my hard work is just like fucking gone. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask was the difference between the two. Like, I know with um, with me, with my injury, it was like a very clear, the moment it happened, I went, holy shit, like my journey is stopping right now. And was it like that for you with your back or what about you with your neck, Gabby? Or was it like, or was it more of an ongoing continual setback? Like mine was a little bit of both. Um, I've had moments where like when I really really like blow my back out it is like that it's just like I've heard a, like a huge pop before I've fallen to the ground I've saw like I've seen stars I've like almost passed out from the pain and in oh that God. moment yeah it's terrible and in that moment it's just like that is when you're like the devastation just like hits you really hard um, mm-hmm. and then I've just dealt with the aftermath of that so that would be the ongoing like struggle with it um so and I mean I still deal with my back every single day now to this day you mm-hmm. just have to learn how to like manage it you know yeah but I never I, I never know when it's gonna fucking blow again yeah I I I don't think I had that I mean the first time I ever pinched my neck was like in 2018 or something like and it was well training so I do know what it was originally from but I hadn't re-injured it until earlier this year. And there wasn't like that moment of devastation, like when you, you know, break your ankle or like really hurt your back. It was just like, like I still couldn't get out of bed for days. And like, I knew I couldn't train upper body and had to do certain rehab and like, you know what I mean? Like it's, but it's more of an ongoing frustration than like that initial thought of, I'm never going to be able to train again. Like, I don't know what that feels like. And that is the scariest shit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so who's gone through that? Like, I 
yeah, like my heart goes out to you because that's, that's something that we all hold so close to ourselves. Right. So thinking we're losing that is probably one of the scariest things. Yeah. 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 I mean, with my injuries, it's like now I've done it so many times that like when I do, like I've been dealing with this back injury for about five years now and it is due to a gym injury actually. Um, but now I've done it so many times that like, it would be different than from what Allison is going through Yeah. because like when I do it, it's devastating in that moment. But I know, like, I know my timeline now, cause I'm so used to the injury that like, I know that like, okay, within two to three weeks, I'll be back easing back into it. So it is different than like, you know, fucking busting your ankle right off or your yeah. foot right from your, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, the foot the foot was essentially detached. So yeah, it's anyway. I want, um, I still need photos from that, by the way. Okay. I'll <laughs> I should post the 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 surgery pictures on my Instagram or something, but with like a warning slide. Like a swipe if you're, you know, if you want to see this kind of a thing. Oh, I do. Send me all the photos, please. <laughs> I saw your I saw that you posted your x-ray photo and I was like, fuck. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, buddy. Like that was, it's amazing when you see your bones when they're not where they're supposed to be. I know there's like six or seven screws in there. I'm like, that's a lot. Yeah. One angle. God damn. And then like hanging on for dear life. Yeah, no, but it was obviously necessary to have that intervention. And then, but like, I also know people that you know, they're, they're missing an ACL or like the, and like there's certain injuries, like even ashes, you can just continue to train around. Mm -hmm. And, but like, I always wonder about like how that, how do you, how do you push yourself to your maximum when you still have those fears in your head? Right. Like that's something interesting. I'm terrified to train in the future, like, like a leg press or something. I'm like all of that stress going through my ankle. Like I'm, I'm never going to want to push myself ever again like two hours I know but but I mean it's just it's gonna take me a long time Mm -hmm. like I injured my shoulder two and a half years ago and only just now am I starting to get up to the same weights again and it took two and a half years well I've even expressed to you guys too that like my training has never been the same yeah and like I look back on old photos, like I was just doing it yesterday in the group chat, like looking at my old glutes, and I'm like, man, they were way better because that was pre-injury. And I was literally like every time I went into the gym, my goal was just like lift heavy, like, you know, and and now it's just like now I'm I am scared to do that because, you know, I'm scared of blowing my back out. And there's certain lifts that I haven't done for a really long time just because I'm scared right yeah I it sucks (sighs) yeah it's a tough one um with your injury like just in terms of setting actually being set back like for me I was just about to start a prep essentially like I I was sending my pictures to my coach and I was thinking okay within the next four to six weeks I'll be starting a prep which is basically in the whole scheme of things just about to um like I've been ramping up to it I've been on point with my diet with my training like and everything I was basically the prep for the prep 
was kind of where I was at. And now I'm actually fully set back. Like, yeah, like I don't really have a clear timeline. Like all I know is that I have to wear my boot, like my boot cast, my air cast for six weeks, approximately, maybe less because I'm an athlete that I can get it removed. But like, I can't drive as long as I have a boot on. So that means I can't really go to the gym. So essentially like I'm looking at six weeks setback at an absolute minimum, but probably eight to 10 weeks before I'm really even training properly again. So for me, like I have a very clear defined setback, like eight weeks at least before I can even start a prep before the prep or having another month or two of off season before I start a prep or like who knows where my body's going to be by then either. Right. Like this is eight weeks of being sedentary and hoping I don't lose a bunch of progress. So, um, anyway, with your injuries, like, um, your neck or your, or your back, like, are you guys still able to prep or when it happens, like, do you have to push your whole timeline back two or three weeks or like, what's the process there for you guys? Um, well, for me, I have really blown my back out, like during prep is always when it happens, I think, because, you know, I'm more fatigued and less nutrients in my body and, you know, I'm just weaker. Right. And I still try to push myself the same as if, you know, I was still Mm -hmm. eating the same. And, um, so I always do it during prep, but I've been really, really fortunate the last, the last two times I did it which were the last two preps I had, um, I was like 10 weeks out when I did it. So I was fortunate enough to be far enough out where I could have a little leeway of rest to see where I was at and then Mm -hmm. go forward from there. So fortunately for me, I've never had to push a prep back before uh, due to my back. Yeah. Um, Like, thankfully, but it was up in the air when it did happen. And I, I think that's so normal, right? Like if you you really, you have a defined timeline that you've seen it recover in the past, but you never know if it's it's gotten progressively worse or like something has changed since you last had that injury. So you never fully know. And it's good that you're paying attention to how am I feeling in this moment, taking a step back and not pushing yourself as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like this year, I, I did injure myself like during my prep that did not happen but um and it was a factor like not as big as other life factors as to why I quit prep um but it was a factor and I just thought hey like this is becoming frustrating I want to be training my upper body and basically couldn't for a number of months the way I wanted to right like there's there's stuff you can do mostly mobility like body weight just working to improve the strength and mobility of my shoulder and neck and back and everything but it doesn't feel the same right and you know how we all are when we're in preps like we want to be doing the most and when you can't do the most sometimes you just think it's better to push this back or just not go through with it at this time and I think that's okay too I know that there's mixed emotions around so-called quitting prep but you have to think about your body in the long run yeah like even Allison, like you have a defined timeline of recovery a little bit more anyways. And, but you know, you still have to 
just listen to your body as it recovers. Like if it's not time to prep, it's, you're going to have to just make that decision. And it's a tough one. And like, we've talked about too, like, obviously it's devastating, especially when like you're in a position like Allison, where it's like, you didn't like, obviously we never planned to have an injury. Um, so we don't plan to have these setbacks, but when it happens in a split second, it is so devastating, but you know, to keep your mind healthy too, and look at like the positives that come out of it. Like we have that conversation. What was it yesterday? Just about how like, okay, this did happen. There's nothing you can do about it. So you can either, of course, take your time and be sad. Of course, like, Mm -hmm. you know, take that time, feel the emotions, like cry about it, get that out. But at the end of the day, like you can't, you can't control what just happened to you. So you have to be willing to look at the positive of it you know like now you'll have more time to rest your body you'll have time to like really get your diet in check you have time to save the money so when the the time comes you can get your new suit you can travel you can like do everything Mm -hmm. when you want to do it how you want to do it so yeah it's devastating um but as bodybuilders you know, to keep that champion mindset, like even when the setbacks come, you just have to like really use that like discipline in yourself and just like push through, you know? Yeah. And even more so like there is, there, there is evidence and studies about people, especially athletes who do like positive self-talk versus not. And like, it is a, like a major predictor of their success in the end. Like, the literal things you're telling yourself in your head can change whether the fact that you heal more quickly or not. Like I can link these studies if you guys want, but like there is evidence to it. It's not just some motivational positive talk BS. Yeah. Well, you got to remember like your brain literally controls your whole body. Mm-hmm. So if you're like constantly being negative, it's like, you know, when people say, if you speak negatively to a plant, it won't grow as much as the plant who gets the positive affirmations you know your body's the same like your brain (laughs) is telling your body everything so if you're like being more positive yeah that's gonna like radiate through you and hopefully help heal you faster no matter what I do my plants won't grow guys (laughs) (laughs) but for positive affirmations with your plants apparently I believe in you (laughs) that but at the same time of course nobody is going to break their ankle and literally be thinking positive thoughts or you know what I mean oh you know I was trying to though I was doing my best so I was thinking that I actually do have like overdeveloped quads right now a little bit and I'm like okay well at least my legs can atrophy And at least I put like a shitload of muscle on my glutes. And at least I'm like kind of almost overly muscular for the division in some aspects. So if I do atrophy, at least I only have to build up like my shoulders and glutes a little bit more. So it's not like the end of the world, you know, like I was trying to tell myself that. There's ways to like, you know, (laughs) keeping the diet in check and like, yeah, that's going to be the biggest thing, right? Like just making sure that you're, eating enough eating the right nutrients that's just it like if I just tell my like my parents have basically literally done everything for me like my mom had to change me like for the first three days like I couldn't 
even oh. move. Yeah. But if I just like I just told them like I just have to eat my protein. She's like, "Really? Are you sure this isn't too much? It seems like a lot." And I'm like, "No, mom. <laughs> I just please just give me give me a whole can of tuna. Just give me the whole slab of beef." Like but um with the like with my situation, I'm like, "Okay, so maybe I have like a little bit more muscle than I need so maybe it's not the end of the world right now and my body fat's still just like a touch higher than it needs to be so yeah like if I really keep my nutrition in check I might not come out the other side of this six or eight weeks from now like in that devastating of a position I mean it it'll be pretty sad I'll be pretty darn flat but um you know give me two to four weeks back in and I'm hopefully gonna be I don't know, in an okay position. And that's what I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know what to do. That's also another positive is like, you know what you need to do. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're going in blind, right? Like, you know what it takes to put that yeah. muscle back on and like to pump, pump them back up, right? <laughs> no, it's exactly. And a lot of, a lot of what you feel when you, you know, you're taking rest for whatever reason, like injury and such, like if you're missing that fullness, that pump that we love, like you can get in your head about it and feel, oh, I'm losing all my muscle and nothing's going the way it should. And you know what? You're probably not losing that much muscle. Realistically, if you're keeping the diet on check, everything else we j- you just said, like you're, you're doing the right things, you know what to do. And yeah, that's even just that conversation with yourself is pretty reassuring, I think. I think a different type of setback though is when your body is like, like what we've talked about before, like if it's not digesting, you're going through some sort of like metabolic struggle, some digestive issues. We should also talk about that as well. I don't know if I have as much to add because I'm very grateful. My digestive system has been pretty solid through prep and before prep, but I know you both have experienced lots in that way. Yeah. I, I, I will just say that's what made this so devastating was that I just went through six or seven months post-show of my body reacting like it's never reacted before, gaining more weight than I've ever gained, my digestion just being completely shot and spending, you know, seven months post-show, like working on healing it. And I was finally feeling better. And I was about two to two and a half months of like feeling amazing. And I was like ready to go. So Mm -hmm. like that in itself was a setback because I was planning on prepping already. So when I went through that digestive nightmare and gaining weight and my hormones were tanked and my body was, you know, quote unquote, blowing up like that, it, that was a setback. And I had to have the same conversation with myself. Like, Mm -hmm. and that was different. It wasn't an injury. I just had to say, Hey, Allison, like, you know what, you're not going to prep for, at least six months at least and it ended up being would have been nine and a half but um that was another setback where like it was a full it was a huge setback to just to know that I had to let my body heal and so and that's yeah Ash, did you go through that um you know I've actually gone through some pretty bad digestive issues during prep like almost at the end of my prep I was waking up like I can show you guys pictures after I was waking up in the morning and I would be so bloated to the point where like it was painful and in those moments too like I was it probably started happening 
this was actually for the Olympia amateur in 2019. Um, cause I was on like a seven or eight month prep at that point. And I was just coming up to the end and it started happening probably about five, five weeks out. And in those moments, like I had to, if like, I had to decide like, okay, you know, I'm doing everything that I know to do. And my coach knows to do to like fix this. And if it doesn't get any better, like I'm going to have to pull out. Yeah. And I think that's important too, to be like self-aware enough to know, like, you know, you have to prioritize your health and your body. And sometimes it's really, really fucking hard to do that. Cause there's so much that goes into a prep. There's mm-hmm. so much passion and love and like so much time and energy. So, you know, to pull out, especially like last minute or even like what Allison was saying, um, even in the beginning of a prep where before you start a prep, you know, it, it is really devastating to do that. But um, I, this is cheesy as fuck, but I really do believe like everything does happen for a reason and everything will align the way it's supposed to. So if you do decide that like, you know, this isn't the time for me to prep, like there is a reason for that. And, you know, maybe it will take you six, seven, eight, nine months to come back. But when you do, you know. Yeah, no, I hear that. And I think, I think for people that don't necessarily believe in the whole, everything does happen like for a reason, whether they don't believe in like the divine or whatever. Um, If you tell yourself everything happens for a reason and you can create logical reasons why, like I'm not saying why it happened to you, like as in blame the environment, blame everything around you, but say, Hey, maybe it wasn't the right time for this and this reason, make yourself, make some reasons for yourself. And then at least your brain can like wrap its head around it, you know? Yeah. Like it's kind of a good thing to just, um, and then at least you can, ex- you can move on to like the whole acceptance and then like healing quicker rather than being like in denial and like frustrated and like all of the things that come along with setbacks. So I actually like, I like that for people that are very logic based as well as people that believe in like the divine and like, Hey, everything happens for a reason in that way. Yeah, definitely. And like, I recently had to pull out of my last prep too Mm -hmm. and that was really hard to do and I remember talking to you guys about it and I like cried a lot over it and I felt all the feels about it but at the end of the day I just like knew that you know it's hard and it's sad but it was what is best for me and my my like everyday life and I even decided to pull out of my prep that I haven't even started yet but I was going to compete in April And now I don't even know when I'll be competing again. And, you know, I had to shift my mindset with all that instead of being sad about it. Of course, I'm sad about it, but I had to shift that mindset and just tell myself, like, this is going to benefit you in the long run. Like, so what is it? Instant gratification compared to what is the other one? (laughs) I mean, just longevity, I guess. Sorry, Allison. Oh, like long-term gratification versus instant, really. Yeah. And like, I think that, you know, as bodybuilders too, like we know this is like a long game. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get excited for long off seasons now. Yeah, me too. Like, like, I'm excited for your long off season. Are you kidding me? Like there's nothing better than getting to wake up every single day, eat your food that you know is nourishing your body every single day 
and train hard and you're building your physique and you're getting to spend time with your friends and family and enjoying your life and like you're you're building a whole life for yourself that's doing nothing but setting you up for success like in Mm -hmm. the future you know yeah again that's positive mindset that I'm talking about literally just that yeah if you're in the sport just for the high of show day you will not last very long when setbacks come along that's for sure yeah you have to love the off season you have to love the work Mm -hmm. yeah not just show day like the show day is just the little cherry on top but like that's 15 fucking seconds on stage like you know all those hours of training and eating and cooking and all of that stuff like you have to love that too like you have to yeah mm-hmm. because like like you said Allison like it's exciting to think about like off season too oh I love it like mm-hmm. I just love I'm loving my off season so much like I was just I've never been so happy that i started thinking oh well maybe i'll just keep pushing it back further and further and further because the longer my off season is the more successful my future prep will be not necessarily i mean there becomes a point of diminishing returns but like Mm -hmm. typically people do much better anyway by having longer off seasons um you improve that much more show to show because of it yeah and i i think it works best when you have that self-efficacy right you've you have that confidence hey I've done this before I've prepped before I know I can do it again so you're not afraid that even if I take a year off I'm gonna completely ruin any progress you know no, you you're gonna make it. more progress. confident yeah and you only get better so that's yeah. what you that's the attitude you need to like pull out yeah and even and if you it- haven't prepped before it's important to like you know maybe you don't have the muscle mass or something like mm-hmm. that and or the money right that's another big setback is a financial setback but um yeah it's important too to like remember we've said it before in another episode like the worst mistake you can make in bodybuilding is not taking the time yeah yeah I have two clients right now that are both first-time competitors and they're both in prep two different shows actually um but both of them have never competed before and both of them were going to compete before one -hmm. of them was going to compete five years ago in bikini and now she's competing in wellness but she has five years of training underneath Mm -hmm. her now it's awesome so like of muscle maturity and of density and of you know a slow passion and excitement and like the thought of the idea growing in the back of her mind that maybe she'll compete one day right and so think about how much better she's going to look as a first-time competitor with all of those years of training and that same with my other client Michelle I think you guys both know her and she's going to be doing her first bikini competition and she was going to do it two years ago but now she's got two more years of training and of you know dedication and excitement and passion behind her and and so much more knowledge on the sport and it's just it, it it's it's never usually a bad thing to take more time to do a show than less mm-hmm. and like your guys are right even for your first show because that's kind of how it went for me like in 2019 was when I or 2018 was when I discovered what bodybuilding was and like I just researched and I just kept building and kept growing and by the time I decided to cut I was like so amped up about this thing and I knew I was in a good place to actually 
maybe do well. And I did. So I think it really matters like whether you're, you've been in this for a while or if you're new, just to take that time. I agree. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so maybe let's talk about another setback. Like I had mentioned a financial setback. Have you guys had to deal with that? in the midst of competing or oh yeah dude I'm a I'm a broke student <laughs> my life my life is a financial setback I mean no I mean I I'm, I'm I do survive and such but like it is it has to be a priority it has to be when you are not stressed for money like I could not imagine trying to prep through school for many reasons and financial is one of them so I could have done a lot more preps by now if I wasn't in school. So yes, I do understand the side of financial setbacks and it's a serious one, right? Because competing is a crazy expensive sport. And if you really want to go far in it, like it's not worth cutting corners. Yeah. Um, Rob and I have always said, like, if you have just enough money to go buy that Gucci belt, you can't afford it. Correct. And I look at that the same with like bodybuilding, like this is a luxury. Like this is a luxury hobby that we have. It doesn't pay my bills. Like each show that I do, it's without my coaching, it's around $2,000, right? So it is a luxury sport to be in. It is so expensive. And yeah, you know, I had to take a really hard look at myself this past year and realize like, you know, I was giving up important things in my daily life to be Mm -hmm. able to compete like things that are that are important to me you know like I can't afford to maintain myself the way I want to and I can't afford nails done or something or yeah like my Botox my lips my nails you know I like clothes just stuff like that that is important to me in my daily life and I was giving up a lot of that stuff to compete which is okay too because you know all that other stuff is a luxury as well but it was starting to make me feel not great Mm. right and there's also other aspects like you know I've told you guys too like my big goal is this time next year I'm going to be debt free yeah but in order to do that I had to take a hard look and I was like okay if I continue to compete this year and prep and everything like that, like I won't reach that financial goal, mm-hmm. but I have to, if I take this step back for this year, reach my financial goal, it will set me up to compete comfortably in the future. Yeah. So, you know, you have to make the sacrifices for that long-term like gratification. Yeah. Yeah, I know that really makes sense too, because, and like, I appreciate your honesty about those things because some people might not want to open up about like those things that really matter to them that might to some people, if they don't understand, seem like, oh, that's just superficial or that's just extra stuff. No, if that makes you feel truly like you and like the best in your own skin, we are, we should own that and we should prioritize that. And I like, I just know that whatever people's reasons are maybe they've been driving a car that like literally breaks down all the time for years or something just so they can afford prep and like the frustration of like time and like money spent on that car where you could just put prep aside and like maybe afford a newer car that doesn't break down and frustrate you so like whatever those reasons are they're they're good reasons you should listen to yourself and what's important to you yeah like I've prioritized competing in my life for the last seven years. 
you know and like I have financially put myself back a lot like a lot over the years I was 20 when I started competing you know I used to work two jobs just to compete I work to compete right I'm I'm 27 now and I'm ready to I'm ready to get ahead in life and I of course will always have competing and that's like my passion it's my love it's like makes me who I am but at the same time I do have a life outside of competing too and I Mm want to be successful in that life as well and in order to do that I have to take a little sacrifice for a year and like yeah I do I really big one I did it the opposite as you like I only started competing at 26 so I spent my first you know two-thirds of my 20s like getting my you know getting my career and getting all set up in that so then I had you know the ability to put money aside every month for competing and that's what I did like I when I made my monthly budget it was like what's my rent what's my car payment what's my phone payment and then I put like competing and I literally (laughs) months would put money aside and then each season depending on how much money I had or what shows I wanted to do or like I'd see if I could afford all the shows I wanted to do um but now like I just got laid off a few months ago so I'm for the first time in like six years like I have no ability to even pay for shows um Mm -hmm. like so it's really interesting so like I also am also kind of set back from that as well like so it it does sort of like the timing does sort of align like I was just going to make it work with my like starting my prep I was just going to try it like well I'll just try and make it work kind of a thing which I'm sure you can always get by like there's ways to squeeze by but I mean I did it (laughs) people do it and I've never done it but I'm realizing now like how much easier it is when you don't have to squeeze by when you save up in advance yeah pay for everything out right it just makes it a lot more chill yeah you know, so. you know like when it matters I, in prep too like actually being chill and not stressed yeah yeah, yeah. and like if you do want to be serious in the sport as well which like all three of us do like you know you have to travel you have to go to these shows you have to like you know you and have to expensive. be there it's so expensive you know like unless you are a top 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 competitor and you've got sponsorships or you know you yeah essentially if you have sponsorships paying your way through the sport like you are paying that out of pocket and a lot of those top pros are still paying their way out of pocket yeah or their coaches pay for them yeah which like I know that is not the case for a lot of them you know like I know there's a lot of top pros that are going to the Olympia, for instance, who are full-time nurses, full-time mm-hmm. doctors, full-time, you know, full-time workers who have yeah. to maneuver around their jobs to compete too. So yeah, I think a lot of people see like, you know, like Laura Lee or Jen, or they see these top girls who they do just compete and <laughs> they get that idea. But honestly, for 90% of the athletes it's not like that yeah yeah be be honest with yourself you can so like Ash you were saying that from your from 20 to 27 you you put a lot of other things on hold to compete right yeah so let's just say you are a Jen or a Laura Lee and you you walk into you win every show you walk into if if you are actually that and that is your those are your genetics and you really do have something special 
it, it might be worth it to spend a couple years really giving it your all and seeing mm -hmm. if you can get sponsorships and seeing if you can make this your living because it might genuinely be possible for you. Like I know a couple girls on Instagram that have genetics like I've never seen before and have that it factor and are really good on social media and they're fully making a living you know coaching and competing and have sponsorships well and all coaching that kind of that's still doing a job right still like doing a job I yeah Jen Dory, like I know she's still working like she still yeah. has clients like it yeah. is very rare to be a straight up full-time just bodybuilder it's so especially rare. in bikini yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it's super rare so like don't feel bad if you have to work extra yeah. hard or two jobs or take the yeah. time off to earn money because a lot of those girls like Jen Dory and like a lot of those top girls like they're still working yeah, yeah they're they still, still working. have to work yeah so just think about it that way though like if if you really know that you really have something special and you really have what it takes like don't be afraid to spend a few years trying to give it a go uh-huh yeah um, for sure it's <laughs> tough but but also be realistic um and say okay well maybe I have to work four days a week somewhere just to like pay my bills and then I can do some social media and some coaching and stuff on the side or maybe have a few sponsorships that helps pay for things um you know that I then, think that's good advice in general is like don't always once again don't take everything for surface value like you see this competitors showing the more glamorous moments and think oh like that's all they do for work and like they get flown around for free and like people think the same for models and lots of those more glamorous and like surface some like there's this assumption it's a very surface type industry but those people work really fucking hard and a lot of them actually do yeah like they do pay their own way to get places like all their shows and stuff so I think that's really important to mention yeah so you can't be set back financially um oh. another setback would be I guess personal situations like mm -hmm. going through a breakup or I don't I don't know um like family yeah off, but getting that's more financial but I mean those are other situations too like having to move or to even just changing jobs or things like that have you guys ever had that where you've had to put your prep on hold or anything like that um I've been fortunate enough that like I haven't had a setback in that way um I've gone through a lot of like breakup stuff like literally the night before a show um but I didn't I mean I was there I'm, I was doing it so I didn't let that stop me um but I know that there's some people who like lost parents and stuff mm -hmm. like that really close to shows so I've been I feel very blessed that um I personally haven't had that type of setback How about yeah you? and that's a good I I don't I don't think like there's nothing that stands out to me so I'm gonna say no I would say for you though like you have the setback of your personal life situation of being a student and that you have the time shows around exams and stuff oh, oh yeah like there's a reason I've only done shows in like July <laughs> like yeah like it's it is very limited but that will change in 2023 I will be having a year off um maybe even more than one. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And like, like I said, that's just another opportunity for me to just keep growing and improving during that time, because 
if I'm at school, my stress is high, guess what? I'm going to be training to like mitigate that. <laughs> so yes, yeah. that's what I love to do anyways. Um, but like, I think for people that had major like family losses or like relationship losses, I think that is a really tough one because there's no like quantifiable timeline. Right. I just, no. uh, I feel like, like it, and, it, and it comes like, there's no right way to recover from that either. And you can have all of the, you know, empathy from others that you want, but it doesn't make things better. And I think that just comes back onto you being responsible for your own mental health and knowing when you are okay versus I need to talk to someone. Like you just have to be really real with your mental health and not just like pushing stuff down and yeah. saying, oh, I can deal with this after prep because that might not be a good thing for most people. Yeah. For some people, I know that they do like I know have known people who have lost really close family members mm-hmm. during prep and for them to continue the prep is a way to just dissociate a little bit continue feel like they're not letting their life go on hold because of it and like everybody deals with it differently so there's mm-hmm. no right or wrong answer whatsoever yeah. but for some people it might be better to step back from the show and focus on the situation at hand so it I think it's really person dependent and situation dependent so yeah I do um, agree with that because like you might be a person too where like you use that as your outlet right so you just have to really know yourself yeah but but if you do go through a situation like that don't feel like well I've seen other people push through so I have to push through yeah you know so don't don't be afraid to to say no I want to step back from the show and if, if you feel like you have to step back right so yeah. yeah and I think people need to like understand that stepping back for any of the above reasons is not like failing like yeah some people might make it seem like that it is not failing like there is always another show it's cheesy and it's true because at the end yeah. of the day like the stage is always there it'll mm-hmm. always be there it's not going anywhere so like you know, if you need to take that time, like, just know that, like, it'll always be there when you're ready to come back. Like, I had an unwanted three-year off-season that, because of COVID, I didn't plan that. I didn't want it. It just was what it was. Mm-hmm. Tell you, like, the three years, I mean, where do they even go? You know, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, I was back in prep and I was ready to go again. And it does go by fast. And, it was there when I was ready to come back, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's like fast and slow, you know? Sometimes yeah. the days are like so slow. <laughs> there there yeah. really is always another, there really is always another show. Like I was, I did my last show in March and I had a pretty long prep, but I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I'll do Olympia Amateur in December. So I was actually thinking about competing right now. And I would have had maybe four months off, five months off before I would have started another four or five month prep, like something like that would be about the right, would be about the amount of time. And it looked pretty good at first. It seemed like a reasonable plan, but then all of a sudden my hormones were tanked. Um, I had to recover from that, like wait for my body to just get back to normal. Um, And that took a really long time. So I said, okay, maybe I'll do the Arnold's in March well I would have had to start prep about a few weeks ago and I just knew I wasn't ready for that yet either 
So I said, okay, maybe not. Maybe I'll do a show in April. Nope, still not quite there. My coach said, nah, just a tiny bit longer. It's like, okay, sure. So now then I was looking at shows in May. And now I've got my broken foot. And so I don't think I'm going to be doing shows in May. So now I'm looking at maybe July, right? So like, but regardless, I'm still able to continue planning my season. Um, like just with all of these setbacks that have come back, like it's literally been setback after setback after setback. But, and at first you're upset because especially when you first come off a show, that's when you're more excited than anything to do another show again. Totally. Like same with Ash, like Ash, you right away, you're like, yeah, I want to do this one and this one and this one. And then the first one didn't work out and you're like, okay, maybe the next. And then the next one didn't work out. Now you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll just take a year off because then I can think about all the positive things it's going to give me. And mm-hmm. so that's exactly where I'm at. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm taking over a year off. This will be my longest off season I've ever taken in my life. And I'm determined to ensure that I'm better for it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And like, you no, know, it's been really cool too. Like, you know, having the support and that's a really big thing too, is like when you are going through these setbacks to make sure that you have that support mm-hmm. and like reaching out to people and talking to them because you know, if I had to make those decisions by myself, like without talking to you guys and getting your feedback and just kind of bouncing ideas and sometimes even like saying this stuff out loud, it can kind of like change your mindset and make it feel different. So I think having a really strong support system is really important too, because, you know, like, you know, we are like, I'm thankful that we have each other and we all understand, you know, um, how difficult it is to go through those setbacks but Mm -hmm. also to have somebody who understands like you know that can encourage me and you guys to like keep going and keep taking your off season serious and Mm -hmm. you know so and if you don't have that like reach out to us because we would love to be there for you guys yeah like I think it and it, it matters to have people that are in in this and do bodybuild because when you when you try and explain to a person who doesn't how the first thought is when can I get back to the gym, they will not understand that thought. They're gonna think they're gonna tell you everything else like no, think about your mental health, think about your recovery, just be in the moment. And it's true, there is an aspect of that that's important, but it really matters. We want to know when we can train again. Like yeah. even for myself and my upcoming surgery, I the, the surgeon was like like, do you have any questions? Obviously my only one, when can I train again? Yeah. If I want to train lower body versus upper body a little earlier, can I do that? Right. All of my questions are around when can I train again? So that's just how we're built. And so you need to talk to people that understand that because the other ones, you they will probably, people could judge you and make you feel, I don't know, all sorts of ways for just caring about when you can get back to your training. Yeah. And like, for us too, we don't just use it because we compete. Like, even if you took the stage away, we would all still be doing the same stuff. So it's our outlet, right? Like it's what makes us feel like who we are and keeps our minds right. So it is really important to like, I don't know, it is important to us. So don't, don't let anyone make you feel less of that. Like, it's okay to ask those questions. And like, even with my surgery too, like that was the first thing I was asking too, mm-hmm. like, when can I come back? Like, when can I start training again? You know? So if it's important oh, to you, then it's important to you. How many weeks has it been since your surgery? 
mine yeah eight nine <sighs> it has been yeah eight weeks two days ago so it seems like yesterday that you went for your surgery and all of a sudden it's eight weeks later yeah. and that's about my timeline so it's it's really comforting for me to see like oh that's it like that's all I have to do and I know for yeah. you it did not feel like that in but... the moments like you do feel those feelings like I remember telling you guys like I'm like my fucking arms and shoulders are gone like they're yeah. literally gone and I'm not joking like I I'm pretty much exactly where I was pre-op like I know you know know, like I feel so good again going into the gym my strength is coming back like my it's you know it's just like what we were talking about like when you don't pump the muscles and you look flat (laughs) you feel so much smaller than what you actually are but you have built that muscle my bum is gonna look so tiny as if dude your butt's bigger than like half the people's butts out there (laughs) i do have a thick bum it's thick (laughs) yeah no but it's the same way with like what like watching ash's surgery and recovery was like probably one of the main reasons why i was like okay i can do this like i can survive this because the time actually did go by fairly quickly and it's gonna pass anyways and you're you are in such a better place to prep and like how you feel in your body now and like I know Allison's is not the same because it wasn't elective but like I know that I'm choosing something that's going to make me feel better in my body so I'm like oh, I can I can put up with six weeks without training upper body sure I can do that I can do that like I said like yeah and six weeks really... doesn't even seem that long really in the scheme of things like it's not it's not right like you know, the time does go by freaking fast. Like you said, slow days, but overall, it's it's quick. It really is quick. Like, I cannot believe that it's already been eight weeks. Like, I'm already pretty much fully back, like, feeling completely normal again. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, like, Allison, it is different for you. Um, but I can only hope that this time does go by fast for you, too. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> and if not, like, I hope that... Like, do you have any plans, like, of things that you can do during this time? Yeah, so, actually, I have been toying with the idea of going back to school for a long time. Yeah, do it, buddy. So, going back to school is fucking crazy at this age, but... No, it's not. I did, I spent... It's not. Schooling and working, I put 14 years into architecture, and I just think it's time to step away for a bit, and even before I got laid off, like I'd been thinking about that for a long time. So I honestly think it was the universe, like granting me that making that decision for me. So thank you. <laughs> um, but I have been thinking about going back to school for a long time. And I started looking into these programs. Um, because I have an ADHD diagnosis, I actually can qualify for some disability like grants to go mm-hmm. back to school and get a bunch of it paid for, for me. So I'm potentially gonna go back to school yeah no writing courses like I've always wanted to write a book and I've always wanted to do just just more writing in general I love writing even if it's technical writing creative writing you name it usually I prefer like non-fiction and technical writing so who knows like maybe I'm gonna become like a writer of some sort I don't I don't know but I might go back to school so awesome and like now because of 
since the pandemic that studying from your couch is more possible than ever. Oh, no, you because have to I have go. ADHD, I have to be in the classroom. Okay, you'll be able to yeah. walk soon. Yeah. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> no, this. like my ADHD is so severe, but like you can ask, you, I can even get accommodations to make it easier. Like I have to have a, a seat in the front row because otherwise like I can't focus and mm. I can't hear very well. Um, like I have like auditory processing issues as well because of it and so yeah anyway I might go back to school and I mean we've got this podcast going on and I want to start up my other one and I know I've been saying that for a long time but like now more than ever because I've realized like just how critical like bodybuilding is to my life I'm like that's like even more of a reason to like get my second bodybuilding podcast going too um but and then I'm just going to focus on my nutrition and like I've been I've never had doing macros like if it fits your macros I hate it more than anything but it's slowly but surely like getting a bit easier so like hopefully I can just continue working on that and just really solidifying exactly how I want my relationship with food to be when I go into my next prep and everything so there's lots of good things to focus on in this time off like so eight weeks isn't that much time yeah. to change your whole life or anything. So, yeah. Because, like, we talk about it, too, like, it, from a bodybuilding standpoint, like, eight weeks is, like, literally nothing. Yeah, it's no. not even a full prep most of the time. Like, it's half a prep. Yeah. <laughs> Less than half a prep. I always do, like, a 20-week prep, so. There you go. Yeah, no, it's, that's so exciting that you've already thought about those plans and I think that matters it shows you're being intentional like going into it right away not obviously you're allowed to cry and experience the emotions but it just shows that you're ready to move on past that and just make the best for yourself and I think I mean I know I look up to that and I think others should should take from that example as well yeah I feel so much better already just even having this conversation with you guys Oh, me too. I was like getting so scared after my pre-op appointment. I'm like, oh, fuck, like I'm not going to be able to like handle time off. And like, here we are. This conversation's made me feel better too, guys. It's good. Yeah. And, and like Christmas from like experience, like it's kind of nice to like let your body rest. Like when I actually like took the first like two weeks to literally just like lay there let people take care of me (laughs) just like literally chill it was like it was honestly really nice and I think for people like ourselves who are always go 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 always doing stuff like always moving our body it is nice to like just sit down take that rest let our body chill the fuck out for like just a little bit you know because we never we never do that yeah true so yeah you know one thing that I do feel like I can't ask of my parents or anyone now so I have been toying about the idea of a breast augmentation for years now probably over four years probably five years to be realistic and I've never done it because I'm scared because of the time off because of the money because of the recovery you you name it right like all the excuses I kept telling myself but I really 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 want to do it and right before I got laid off, I was literally just about to book it. And then I got laid off and I'm like, okay, well, there's a financial setback. So it's not like yeah. a really good idea to go be spending the money on that right now. 
but I've been kind of toying with the idea of just getting it over and done with anyway, being laid off because I have the funds saved for it. And I'm late. It's like my off season. And why don't I just get it done now and everything. And then I broke my bloody ankle and my parents are going to be spending two weeks taking care of me. There's no way they would ever electively sign up to do this ever again (laughs) because I chose to buy titties. Like absolutely not. So like I would have to find somebody else to take care of me. Like I guarantee they'd be like, that's it. Nope. You're done. We changed your underwear. We brought you protein oatmeal because you broke your leg. We're not doing this for your boobs. (laughs) I will say it's probably a little bit less of what you need at the moment right now. But I did, the most I had to get my mom to do was she did have to pull up my pants for me a few times. So Pull up your pants? Mm -hmm. The solution is no pants, guys. Come on. No (laughs) pants. I think I'm wearing like a long dress right now, but like I have a couple wrap dresses and I think those would be a good choice. Always no pants. So anyway, but... Oh man, yeah, that that might have to be in the future, not right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So any final like words of wisdom for anyone who's facing a setback? Just hang in there yeah. and just just know that like setbacks are typically temporary and as long as you like keep your mind right, you'll come out of it a lot stronger. Mhm. And I would say like really focus as much as you can on positive self-talk, on using relaxation techniques, deep breathing, anything to get you through those really horrible moments, because there probably will be moments where it feels overwhelming. Um, But there is evidence saying that stuff does help you a lot. So just like when you're on the Stairmaster hitting your extreme cardio goals and prep, like you can get through that, you can get through whatever else you're getting through in this timeline. So yeah, you can, it's doable. We all, we all have experienced it in different ways. And I'm sure so many of you have experienced your own setbacks and like probably even more crazy. So yeah, you can make it. My final bit would be, like I said, there's nothing in bodybuilding that (laughs) is worse because you took more time to do it. Usually Mm -hmm. like in terms of building muscle, in terms of getting the shape you want, in terms of getting more comfortable doing it, learning your diet, learning your body, you know, building your shape, like more time is usually always better. So if you're set back for eight weeks, spend that eight weeks watching YouTube videos Mm-hmm. thinking about your presentation learning about the sport you know studying nutrition like you know there are so many things to learn and there are so many things to improve upon that more time is only making you better like yeah. usually so yeah okay yeah. let's all let's all just listen to this episode for the next i don't know four to eight, eight months however no, long we all need to get through it <laughs> every day for the next six weeks or eight I know I don't even know how I know Ash is going to be potentially longer without prepping so just keep keep listening to this guys we 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 did it yeah Yeah. all right guys well thank you for listening to another episode of overall package podcast you can find us on instagram at overall package podcast I'm Ash you're not fit I'm Allison Ann fitness and I'm Gabrielle Follietta Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.